Okay, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. We're glad that you're here. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Uh, holiday weekends are usually fun. Uh, one other thing I do need to announce, uh, I've been, we've been saying this for about six months, trying to teach a membership class. Those of you who are interested, please let me know if I can get you together. I'm going to do it next Sunday afternoon. So if that doesn't work, we'll do it another time. But I'm really, we need to get this done, at least for a few of you that have been asking that, us for that for, for a few months. The church started a Pentecost 2,000 years ago. This is a way to, you can and, uh, officially join and be, uh, be part of our church team, if you will. So uh, please let me know. You can use your response card, connection card to do that. We started a series two weeks ago on Mother's Day called Building Strong Families. And we all are part of some kind of family, and it's important that they be strong. We don't want them to be weak. And so Mother's Day, we talked about, obviously, honoring parents. And we said it this way, honoring parents, honor the God who honors you. So that's really important to do. We're talking about some values of building strong families. So honoring parents is one. Then last week, we talked about uh, this one. Get that up. A promise to put God first where I want to succeed, and he'll provide what I need. And we took this from the, uh, the first of God's top ten list, top God's uh, ten commandments. And uh, uh, we said, if we put God first, and all, we talked about different, six different areas of life. If you want to succeed in those areas of life, put God first, and he will provide what you need. And, of course, family being one of those. Well, we've got a new topic today. It's titled uh, uh, Recharge. To build strong families, you need to recharge. We're kind of like batteries, right? We run down over the day. None of us are like the, uh, that bunny rabbit that just goes and goes and goes. We all get tired. We get run down, and we need to recharge, and our families get run down. And one thing neat about holidays is it's a chance to uh, spend a little more time recharging, isn't it? <clears throat> I was building a deck on my house yesterday, and I worked on it all day long. It was a beautiful day. But at 6 o'clock this morning... Guess what? I didn't want to get out of bed. My back still hurts. I'm glad it's Sunday. Otherwise, I'd be out there working on it again. Our bodies get tired and our muscles get sore and uh, we need to rest, relax, and recharge. You ever notice that sometimes you can sleep all night and still be tired when you wake up in the morning? What's that all about? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Other times we lay in bed and our minds are racing, we can't go to sleep, and we can't turn it off. And sometimes we feel guilty even if we relax. Uh, and I understand that uh, the uh, work thing <laughs> is tempting because it's, it's rewarding, right? I'm building a deck. I, the day was over. I could see all the progress. My wife looked at it this morning when she got home. Last night it was dark. And she said, hey, it looks, this looks good. There, there's progress. We feel a sense of accomplishment. And that's your jobs. You can make more money. You can get promoted. You can find a, a, some purpose and meaning. So it's, it's tempting to work more and work longer. And I understand that. But experts tell us that 62% of Americans feel either burnout or feel like they are uh, going to soon be burned out. So, so why is this? Why, why does this happen? Uh, and the biggest reason is this. We are more than just physical beings. 
You know, sometimes we work all week looking forward to the weekend, and then we play so hard over the weekend that Monday morning we're more tired than we were on Friday, don't we? But we're not just physical. We're also emotional beings, and we're also uh, mental beings. We're also social beings, and we're also spiritual beings. And so sleep just isn't enough. Sleep doesn't fix all that. All those different areas of fatigue, you can sleep all weekend and still be tired. Not physically tired, but tired in these other areas. Um, Sundays, big day for me. I get up and talk a couple times. Some Sundays I talk for four times, teach, teach four times, go to my small group. And those Sundays I'm gone from my house from 8 in the morning to 8 in the evening. Now, getting up here, standing in here talking isn't physically demanding. I don't get tired standing here. Um, But at the end of those Sundays, especially, I am exhausted. Not physically exhausted, but emotionally exhausted and and mentally exhausted. Now, I can sleep eight hours. I usually don't sleep that long. But if I slept eight hours on Sunday night, I would still be tired on Mondays. In fact, experts tell us that more pastors resign on Mondays than any other day. Because they wake up and they're still tired. That's because we haven't recharged mentally and spiritually and emotionally. And so (laughs) our solution is maybe to to quit. So that's just not enough. The God who made you, the God who created you, the God who loves you, do you think he would have something to say about this? Does he want you to be tired all the time? I don't think he does. And so we're going to look at another one of the top ten lists Uh, I'm calling them values, family values that we need to incorporate in our families for them to be stronger families, healthier families, which we all want. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower, um, this principle is still valid for you. It's still valuable to you. We think it's good advice for you. And as we're going to see, if you're a Jesus follower, you really don't have any options about this. All right, so we're going to look at uh, Exodus 20. Uh, This is number four in the God's top ten list. Interestingly enough, it's the longest one. You know, there's some of them that do not murder. That's pretty short, right? Right to the point. This one goes on for several verses. It's the longest commandment, maybe because we're just, this is the one we're going to neglect the most. I don't know. But God uh, spent a lot of or Moses, as he wrote this, wrote a lot about this, kind of filling us in details about how to incorporate this value into our lives. So we're going to start in Exodus 20, verse 8. Moses writes, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, what does the word Sabbath mean? <laughs> Sabbath means rest. All right? We need to rest. The purpose is for us to recharge Okay, now we understand it physically, but again, we're complex humans and we're made up of more components and involves more than that. Sabbath rest, take a rest day, do something differently as we're going to see. Now, when should should you do this? Well, uh, interestingly enough, the three major religions in the world, uh, Muslims, Jews, and Christians, take different days. 
Muslim Sabbath is on Friday, Jews is on Saturday, and for Christians, most Christians, it's on Sunday. Now, when Christianity started, the church started, it worshiped on Saturday because that was, most of the church was Jewish, and so that was their worship day. But it soon switched to Sunday. Why did it switch to Sunday? And that's why are we here on a Sunday? And most of the church celebrates on Sunday. It's because of something that happened 2,000 years ago. Jesus was crucified on Friday, and what happened on Sunday? The tomb was empty. He came alive. He conquered death. And that's the reason you and I have our hope. And so quickly the church started celebrating, having their Sabbath rest and worship day on Sunday to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. It's kind of like our 4th of July. Uh, My dad fought in World War II, and at at the end there was VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. And we celebrate the end of of the war. So it's a day of celebrating a victory. And so we worship on, most of us worship on Sunday. Now what does the word holy mean? He says, take this rest day and, and keep it holy. Holy means to set apart. So it's going to be set apart. It's going to be different. You're going to operate differently. You're going to do things differently. That's how you're going to set it apart. And so then he goes on. Give us a little more detail. You have six days each week to do your ordinary work. For six days, kind of do your own thing. You can work, etc. Work as long as you want. Uh, Do other things. Six days out of seven. But on the seventh day... One day out of seven, whatever day you pick, one day out of seven is a Sabbath day of rest. You rest. You do something differently. And you don't work. Dedicated to the Lord your God. If you're a Jesus follower, that's the reason. He, he tells us to do this and to honor him, to respect him, to obey his wishes. We need to do that. Take this day of rest. <clears throat> then he goes on. On that day, this day that you set aside, this one in seven, in your household, no one in your household may do any work. So it's not just you. You know, I can say, hey, I'm going to take this day off, <clears throat> but my wife's going to work all day. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to cut the grass. I'm going to make the kids cut the grass so I can rest, all right? And that's not what I said. This is a day for family. Household means family, right? So for your whole family to rest. So, you know, it's not wise for you to take one day and your spouse take another day and your kids take another day. This is a day that you all do it together to build a strong family. It's a a value that that you should uh, consider important and do it all together. Excuse me. This includes sons, daughters, males, female servants, your livestock, and foreigners living among you. All right. So the, the, whoever has the authority in that your family makes to make, needs to make this decision and enforce it. Now, s- sometimes it's not apparent, and I'm going to show you a video clip uh, from a popular movie that, that emphasizes the important, importance of having rest. What's going on? 
Anticipation. I can't see the... Don't see it. Build it. We are not training tomorrow. Why not? Wu Ji Bi Fan. Wu Ji Bi Fan. Means too much something is not good. You train a lot, you need rest. A day off? Yes, Mr. Han. Yes. Zhao Dre needs to rest. Yes, Mr. You rest too. Love you, Mr. Han. Peace. Okay, <clears throat> too much of any, anything is not good, right? Too much sleep is not good, too much work is not good, too much dessert's not good, tastes good, but it's not good for you, right? Too much of anything is not good, so we need to have a break, we need to set something apart, we need to do something differently. And it's easy for us as, uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, for parents to, to enforce something with our kids that we don't do ourselves. And that's not smart, is it? So, Goes on. Gives us kind of a, 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 a reason, a, an example of why we should do this. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, but on the seventh day he rested. And what did God do? He kind of, after six days, he stopped and said, Hey, this is good. And he kind of uh, uh, just enjoyed what he had made. And that's a lesson to you and I that, you know. Work hard for six days, but you and I need to appreciate and, and value what we've done and what we've accomplished and sit back and, and, and enjoy it. But why did God rest? Did God get tired? Does God get tired? God doesn't get tired. It's kind of an oxymoron. If he's all-powerful, he's never going to get tired, is he? So why did God rest? Well, it was a model or example for us if he who doesn't need to rest, rested, certainly you and I who need to rest, need to rest. Important for us to do that, right? And then he goes on and mentions something we've been talking about, seems like almost every week now. <laughs> Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. Okay, you lived in this, you had, your values were slave values, right? You worked seven 24-7, seven days a week because you were a slave, you had no freedoms, you had no... No, no rest, no time off. You were slaves in Egypt. Moses came in with God's help and set you free. And the Ten Commandments were say, hey, I, I'm gonna, God says, I'm going to help you build a, a non-slave culture or society. And this is some values you need to incorporate. And we said, of course, culture is made up of families, so we need to incorporate these values in our families. 
Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. And he said, okay, one important thing to do is take one day off of the seven. Now, this was just completely alien to them. They wouldn't have never even thought of this because they lived in a subsistence society, subsistence society where you work today to live today. So you, you, you can't take a day off. You can't, you can't live. And God says, wait a minute. I'm instructing you to do this. This is what's best for you. And I'm going to provide for you. This is a way for you to trust me. To realize, yes, I am strong and powerful, and this is what is best for you. Also, those of us who are Jesus followers recognize the fact that God has set us free from the slavery of sin. As a Jesus follower, we're set free from the power of sin. You know, when I'm tempted, I can say, "Uh uh-uh, I don't need to do that. All right? I have the power to resist temptation. I'm set free from the penalty of sin. The penalty for sin is what? The Bible tells us it's death or separation. Separates us from God. So when we mess up, it separates us from God unless we're a Jesus follower because he's taken care of it. He's paid for it. And it also eventually is going to remove us from the presence of sin. When I die, my body dies, my spirit, my soul will be gone into heaven to be with God for eternity. So those, we, we are set free in all these different ways because of what Jesus has done for us. And then the next verse, he says this. This is why the Lord your God has commanded you. Again, as Jesus followers, we're commanded. If you've ever been in the military, you're given a command, you don't think, oh, this is, oh I'll do it if I think I should or if I think it's the wise thing to do. You just do it, right? Because somebody over authority over you tells you to do it. Well, God is our authority. He says, hey, do this. Don't argue with me. Don't think of it as an opinion. Uh, it's optional. This, do this. And as we said before, it's because it's for our good. God wouldn't do anything to harm us. He loves us, cares deeply about us. And he says, do this. Kind of like when your kids want to say why, and you say, just because I'm the parent, all right, just kind of with God. I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I know what's best for you, just do it. Commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So this day, one out of seven, whenever you set it aside, is to celebrate the fact that God created you, and that he loves you, and your value, and appreciate that fact, and then also he's delivered you, delivered you from sin, and we call this grace because it's a gift from God. Your creation's a gift from God. You didn't create you. God created you. And then your relationship with God is a gift God's given you. <clears throat> um, next verse talks about holy being set apart. This is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Uh, God is described as holy, but the word holy means to set apart. And God is separate from us because of our sin. But through Jesus, we are connected with God and no longer set apart. We're declared holy, actually, uh, because of what Jesus has done. So this commandment, I'm going to summarize this. This value, I'm going to summarize this way. Set it apart or fall apart. Your choice. All right? My choice. If we ignore these principles, we are going to suffer. If we employ these principles, we will benefit. Set it apart or fall apart. And if most of you have heard me speak enough, know that my next question is, how do I do that? <laughs> so I'm going to try and help you with that a little bit this morning in three different areas. 
Because again, we're not just physical beings, but we are physical beings. So first we need to set it apart by resting my body. All right? If you don't rest your body, I've done this. Confess, I've done this. I've gone weeks without taking time off. And you know what happens after three or four weeks? I got sick. And then I couldn't work for three or four days. It's what I call a cumulative Sabbath. All right? Kind of like that old commercial, pay me now or pay me later. Take off a day now or take off a bunch of days later. You can't break God's laws. They break us. We talked about that before. Cumulative Sabbath. Uh, <clears throat> again, shouldn't feel guilty. Taking time off, relaxing. Um, actually, is a sign of immaturity. You know, when we think we got to keep going, we got to keep going, <clears throat> we're kind of trying to take over God's job as manager of the universe. And the funny thing is, when you and I stop, does, it, does the universe fall apart? It doesn't fall apart. When I get sick and don't work for three days, does the world stop? No, 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 we aren't. So just go ahead and resign from man, man, trying to manage the universe and just take the time to set apart, to relax to recharge our bodies. It's a sign of immaturity, actually. When those of you have small children, you have a bedtime probably for them. And when it's time to go to bed, say, okay, it's 8 o'clock, time to go to bed. Your kids say, yay, let's go to bed now, right? Anybody? Our kids weren't that way. Anybody got kids like that? No, ours never did. All right, they fuss and complain. No, I don't want to go to bed. Why? Why did they do that? Now, as parents, you know they need their rest to function well, the next day. But they don't understand that. They just want to play some more or do something else a little longer. So for you and I to push back at God's command to rest, it's a sign of immaturity that we don't understand what's best for us. So either you set apart time to rest your body or your body's going to fall apart. But we're not just physical beings. We're also emotional beings. So we need to restore our emotions. Now, sleeping doesn't necessarily restore your emotions, does it? As I said, you can sleep for eight hours, wake up, and be more tired than when you went to sleep. Not physically tired, but tired. Interesting, back in the, several hundred years ago in the French Revolution, when the, they got rid of the kings... And they wanted to get rid of all the king's laws. And one of the king's laws was not to work on the Sabbath or Sunday. And, and so they got rid of that law. And so people worked every day. Well, it wasn't long before they rescinded that law because people were falling apart, literally from fatigue. And so they reinstated the Sabbath in French law back a couple hundred years ago. So how do you restore emotion? Sleep doesn't necessarily do it. Let me give you three, three things that will help. One, alone time. You need to have time alone. Um, <clears throat> set aside time. Uh, the Bible talks about being still and know I'm God. You have to be quiet to get to know somebody. My wife, Deb's over here. If she walks in the room and I'm watching television or I'm on the computer or uh, doing something else, I stop that quote-unquote noise so I can hear her. I do that right there. All right, I do that. Okay. And so then I can know, right? I can communicate. We can connect. And the problem is we have so much, I call noise pollution in our, in our culture, in our society, don't we? 
We live in Boonesboro, and Boonesboro Carnival always happens on this week. And we live several miles from the park, but especially if our windows, and even if they're not, but if our doors and windows are open, late into the evening tonight and next night and the next night, we can hear the carnival. Some of you live places. Now, most of the time, our, some of you have been to our house. Most of the time, our house is pretty quiet where we live. Some of you live near highways where there's traffic all night, et cetera, et cetera. Just so much noise. And then we'll, we'll get in the car, and what do we do? Turn the radio on or listen to our, you know, to our phones or something. Uh, I get in the car, and lots of times I just let it be quiet. I go for runs, and I just enjoy the quiet. If you want to recharge emotionally, some time of quiet is an important component of that. Did Jesus do that? He get alone and be by himself and be quiet? Yes, absolutely. And again, he's our model. So alone time's important. Secondly, family time's important. If you have a family, you need to have family time. You know, when my kids were at home and I'm a parent, and I took it kind of seriously and I, I was too serious sometimes. And you know, I need to have, learn to have fun with my kids. And we used to have this thing called family time. And the kids used to take turns uh, picking what to do. And we have three boys and one girl. And sometimes our daughter would say, it's Barbie time. So all six of us played Barbies, all right? Because <laughs> she got to pick. But uh, other times it was Legos and other stuff, obviously. But I got thinking about when you're dating, those of you that are married or maybe dating now. What do you usually do when you date? You just have fun, don't you? That's what dating's about, having fun. Then you get married and have all the responsibilities at home and you stop having fun. No, don't stop having fun. All right? So talk to your wife or spouse. Play with your kids. Play with your spouse. Talk to the kids. Enjoy that. As a church, uh, years ago, I don't know who came up with this. We used to have Sunday morning worship, Sunday evening worship, Wednesday night worship. And then we stopped doing that. The major reason we stopped doing that so you would have more time with your family. Absolutely. And then thirdly, if you want to restore emotionally, you need community time. And that's why we talk about community groups. And if you're not a Jesus follower, you're not in a, uh, a religious community group, you can be in some other kind of group. Uh, time with, with other folks, sharing time with other folks. The interesting thing when you're in a group dynamic is, it's kind of like a family dynamic, Nobody, not, everybody's not down at the same time. So if one person's down, what happens with the rest of the group? They lift, help lift them up, all right? And so that's why community is so important to restore your emotions. So please, we talk about it a lot. Be connected in a community group. <clears throat> Life is tough, and you go to work every day and you spend the week doing whatever you do and you just get run down. You get beat up. And so it's important to have that time of uh, recharging. So either you set apart time to recharge emotionally or you're going to fall apart emotionally. And then thirdly, refocus your mind. We get mentally tired, exhausted, mental fatigue. This is something that happens to me a lot. I have a pair of binoculars and I put them up to my eyes sometimes and I can't see a thing. And I wonder why because when I put them away I could. But anyway, something happens. But that's a little knob you turn on there and, and all of a sudden everything is completely uh, clear. 
because I've refocused them, right? So we need to refocus our minds. Paul talks about renewing your minds. This is really important. And what is the most important thing? We talk about this a lot. It's to love and be loved, right? To love God and let him love you and love other people, let them love you. We do marriage counseling sometimes. We talk about this love tank thing. And if you have a spouse, one of the things you can do is ask your spouse, how's your love tank? One to ten. Ten meaning it's all completely full. And if they give you any number other than ten, your response should be, well, how can I help fill it? All right? Because love is the most important thing. Excuse me. The most important thing in general is to be connected with God, isn't it? And so we are more than just mental beings. We're also spiritual beings. And we have to connect with God. And to be truly refreshed, if we're going to read a verse in a minute, is to be properly connected with God. Because we are more than just work and play. We're just more than physical and mental. Jesus put it this way. What will a person exchange for his soul or life? You can gain the whole world and lose your soul. Is that a wise exchange? He says it isn't. So where do you get your greatest sense of accomplishment? Is it from work? Is it from family? Or is it from your relationship with God? Now, important principle, especially if you're in a teaching role as a parent or whatever, is this. You don't only teach values. You model them. Parents, is really important. If you tell your kids to eat their vegetables, but you don't eat the vegetables, guess what happens when they get old enough (laughs) to do what they want? They're not going to eat their vegetables, right? If you say, take a day of rest uh, once a week, but you don't do that when they grow up, what are they going to do? They're not going to take a day of rest. You can't just teach or speak those. You have to model those. If you buy a car, you get an owner's manual, Right? In the owner's manual, it tells you the wise thing to do for the vehicle to keep running properly and to last the longest. Now, you can either ignore the manual or you can do what it says, right? That's your option. So when we look what the Bible has to say, it's kind of God's manual for, for us operating or running. So we can learn these values. We can either follow these values um, or we can choose to ignore them. But we're going to run smoother and run longer by incorporating the values. And I call this simply this, the logical lifestyle. It's logical to follow the owner's manual for your car. It's logical, makes sense. It's the wise thing to do to follow God's owner manual, what the Bible has to say. So how do you know if your priorities are out of order? If you have any fatigue, any one of these sources of fatigue, physical fatigue, your priorities out of order. Emotional fatigue, your priorities out of order. Mental fatigue, spiritual fatigue, your priorities are out of order. I'm going to end with this uh, passage or, or verse or two from what Jesus had to say because... God didn't design us to be fatigued, not permanently fatigued. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Not supposed to be that way. 
Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. That's not really living if you're tired all the time. I'll show you how to take a real rest. All right? So sleeping isn't necessarily a real rest. All these things we talked about. Connecting with God. Letting God restore, recharge us. He says, walk with me, work with me. Just kind of go along with what I say. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It shouldn't be forced. Relax. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. If life seems, seems too heavy, if it doesn't seem to fit right, you've got something out of order. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that the way you want to live? That's a logical lifestyle. Isn't this easier? Easier is better, right? Here's your homework. Simply this, not so simple. Embrace a rest day. If you're like me, I can rationalize this away. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 but. Don't do it. Just simply say, yes, God, I trust you. I believe you. This is the wise thing for me to do. Reorganize, reprioritize, re... Anyway, I need to be recharged emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally. I need to take a day of rest. You won't regret it. Glad you're here this morning. We'll pick up another value for strong families next week. Let's pray. Pray together. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for your wisdom. You created us. You know how we work best. And this is one of the things that's so easy for us to fudge on, (laughs) to rationalize away. You know, the grass needs to be cut. I know I shouldn't do it today, but, uh, or whatever. God, I would pray that we would just, (laughs) just believe you. (laughs) Life would be easier. Life would be better. We would function, run, operate better. So God, help us all embrace this. It's a real challenge for me uh, because this normal day for most people is, not, is a work day for me. So help me, God, to obey you in this area. We pray for anyone here who's not a Jesus follower that today might be the day that you say, hey, this God, this Jesus, he's really smart. He knows what's best for my life and he knows how to connect me with God and I want to do that. It's a gift. All you need to do is say, yes, God, I thank you. I receive it. I confess my sin. I've separated from you. I want to be reconnected. And God will answer that prayer. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer I mentioned or something else you want to share with us, you need help, you've got questions, either use your connection card or come up and talk to one of us, as Justin says, one of us that looks important. I don't know if I look important, but I'd be glad to talk to you. Thank you.